The following audio is from the chapel at Fishhawk. More information about the chapel at Fishhawk is available at www.thechapelfh.org. We're going to pray and we're going to get into Mark chapter 4 and we're going to see if this comes out as heavy as it did in the first service. And just as a caveat, um, Jesus taught in a way that intentionally left people hanging. So if you feel like you're left hanging today, then I maybe have done my job. Uh, let's pray. Father, we're about to come to you not for information alone. We're coming here not for inspiration alone. Lord, we come here for, for information and inspiration, but only so far that it leads to transformation. God, it's not this, this thing we do on Sunday mornings. It's no joke. It's no game. But, Lord, we may have a good time. We may sing with our heart. We may laugh at some stories. But at the end of this day, Lord, at the end of this service, I pray that, that your eternal power would have grown more deeply into our lives, Lord, from those who don't know you or follow you at all to those who have been following you for years. I pray that you would speak this morning. I pray that you would give us a supernatural ability to hear from you this morning, that my feeble thoughts would be moved aside by your great and glorious word. In Jesus' name, all God's kids said, amen. Since we began the book of Mark, you might have noticed that Jesus is doing some things. If you haven't been with us, we're going through the gospel of Mark. We are now in chapter 4. Jesus comes onto the scene, he heals, he casts out demons, he heals, he casts out demons, and he teaches. And, and if you were just to read the, the good news of Jesus in the book of Mark, you wouldn't have a lot of church stuff, church baggage, I call it, attached to it. Jesus is coming to give us a very important thing. He wants to teach us not just about forgiveness from sin, although that is part of it, but it's a much bigger picture. He wants to teach us about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not just you are a sinner and you need forgiveness. The kingdom of God is the world is one way and it's broken and God is re restoring it to the way that it is supposed to be and one day will be. The kingdom of God is, is a glimpse into, as Jesus goes, he heals a blind person because blindness will not exist in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, there is no cancer, there are no ulcers, there is no pain, there are no broken relationships. In the kingdom of God, everything tastes amazing. Like imagine, you never have bad tasting food. There's no McDonald's in the kingdom of God. Imagine that every food is the way it should be. Every time you open an avocado, it's the smallest seed ever. So you have all the avocado meat that you would ever want. Imagine the glories that await us. Now, the kingdom of God is bigger than you think and bigger than I think, and Jesus is going to show us that there are people that, that get access to hearing about God's kingdom, but they don't get to enter into it. So here's what we're going to read. And if you want to hear what Jesus' sermons sound like, I'm going to read one of his sermons right now. This is how he taught. He began to teach beside the sea. A very large crowd gathered about him. And he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. So this is his, his pulpit is a boat. His chairs and pews are ashore. 
The whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. He was teaching them many things in parables. Parables are a story meant to teach a principle. And in his teaching, he said to them, now here's a sermon from the creator and sustainer of the universe. This is a sermon from the person that claims dominion over every square inch of planet Earth and beyond. This is one of his sermons. This is beyond so much. And here's what he says. Because he's, he's not a white preacher. He's not a black preacher. He's not an Asian preacher. He's a Jewish rabbi. And this is his sermon. So short. He says, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. Not a needle and thread, someone throwing seeds. A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured it. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun arose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into the good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. That's it. That was a sermon from the Jesus. <laughs> this is the only parable he ever explains. If I just preached a sermon that short, I know that some of you who grew up in the church would be like, well, your sermon was one-tenth of the normal length, so I'm giving you one-tenth of the offering. I know that I know that many of the preachers that I adore, many of them pass away. Jonathan Edwards, Charles Spurgeon, Martin Luther, John Calvin, just old dead guys. They never preach sermons this short. The sermon, the, the pastors that are popular nowadays never preach sermons that are this short. There's one pastor, there's even pastors who who harp on people for preaching short sermons. There, there's a very, very famous preacher, and he says, you know, he says, sermonettes, uh, pastors who preach sermonettes, guess what sermonettes make? Christianettes. Like little sermons make little Christians. <laughs> Jesus, who is Christ, preached this dinky story in a boat on a shore. And then he tells the crowd, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Uh, we came because you were healing guys and blindness, and, and you just said something about seeds. And I know, like, this is, in California, I, I'd say different things, because in California, you don't know very many farmers. But in Florida, if I say, I don't know any farmers, like half of you are like, well, I'm a farmer, because we're in Florida, and there's cows and stuff. But if, I mean, think about this. This was a sermon. There's a guy. He threw seeds. <laughs> There's four types of soils, path, rocky, thorny, good. Path, boom, seed goes away, birds got it. 
Rocky shoots up like a weed, dies in the sun. Thorny grows up, chokes. Good. Boom, huge crop. If you understand what this has to tell us about the kingdom of God, go. We're so addicted in the modern church to explaining everything. And I was sharing and thinking recently about this. Every pastor, and we've got people who've been in ministry here. If you've been in ministry, you've been in ministry. All pastor people, we get these points. How many points make a good sermon? If you're, if you're a Baptist, it's three points and a prayer. If you're a Presbyterian, it's seven points, and you just read a psalm as your prayer. If you're a Pentecostal, it's one point that just goes all around, and then you pray all around. If you're a non-denomination, you just take turns and grab whatever you want out of the gift basket. I think we've done a disservice to the Word of God. We've, we've tried to add into and make a system out of so that people can intellectually ascend and understand. Jesus says, no, no, if you got ears, you'll hear. And it gets even scarier. Verse 10, when he was alone, when he left the crowd, those around him with the 12 asked him about these parables. He said to them, to you, Jesus says to you guys, you who are here wanting more, asking for more, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. There's a mystery about the kingdom of God and how it works. But for those outside, everything is in parables. So that, and this is a, a reference to a prophecy from Isaiah 6, they may indeed see but not perceive, they may hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Jesus says there's a mystery, and it's for the people that, that God is calling to himself. For those out there, if they're meant to come, they will hear. They will have the ears to hear. Wives, uh, let me just listen in for a second. Just the wives, husbands. You don't need to listen to this. Wives, do you know what I mean when I say he's, your, your husband is hearing you, but he's not listening? Can I get amen? <laughs> Can I get amen? Husbands, I'm not going to ask you because you're probably not listening right now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to share this. Because it was my, it's my secret in my marriage. I said, I told first service, I can't share this with second service because my wife will be there. But in the, in, in the vein of authenticity, um, I have this gift or curse, depending on what you want to call it. Like, um, People can talk at me, and I don't have to be listening to them, but my brain has like this rewind function. So all I hear is... And then... Somebody will say, like, are you even listening to me? And I hear that, and I go, <gasps> and in my mind, I go, rewind. And I get it, and then I'll regurgitate it word for word. Right? Right, babe? Right, babe? Give me an amen. Mom, you're here, right? Mom, right? You got that? I could do that, right? I got two women who know my dark arts. I'll rewind it, and I'll regurgitate word for word. And in my brain, I'm thinking, ha, gotcha. But also in my brain, I'm thinking, I was not listening at all. <laughs> when Jesus is teaching parables, he's, he's throwing out these stories. And Jesus is always praying, always following the Spirit. And he's not relying on mnemonic devices. He's not relying on catchy things. Nothing breaks my heart more than uh, many of the times when I've, I, I used to teach a lot of youth in camps and FCA 
And I remember one time specifically, I was at a grocery store, and the kid was bagging my groceries, and they said, I heard you speak once. And as a pastor, you get so filled with pride because that's all we do as pastors, just a bunch of ego dudes that hang around in a room and say, oh, me, me, me. And I said, yeah, yeah, where, where was this at? And, and they told me, oh, it's this, this. I said, oh, do you remember what that sermon was about? And this kid said, well, no, but your story about you skateboarding was funny. <laughs> I walked away and I thought, I replaced the eternal life-giving word of God with the story of an idiot falling off a skateboard. Idiot was me. We've done, we've done this. We've tried to simplify it so it's digestible. We treat the word of God like a fiber one pill, like a multivitamin. You just pop and you get it. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus knew that God was instituting a kingdom, and it's, it's more than just a set of ideas. He said to them in verse 13, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Because next week we're doing more of them, and we're going to go into this slew of Jesus talking in stories that seem so confusing. And he explains just this one. He's not explaining other parables in the Bible. He's explaining this one so you can get a glimpse of what he's doing. The sower sows the word. The sower, the person throwing the seed, is the seed is the word of God. And these, these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear it, Satan immediately comes and takes it away. Takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones that are sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation and persecution arise on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. But the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word. And it proves unfruitful. But those who are sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. So this is the mystery of the kingdom of God, that there's this story of seeds which represent the word of God. And we take so much care in modern way of thinking, Western and post-enlightenment thinking, to break it down. But, but seeds... Seeds don't just grow like that. There's, um, how many of you guys have these oak trees in your yards? I feel like they're all over Florida. I don't know if they're native to Florida, but every fall and spring, the oak trees say hello to my allergies, and I hate them. And right now, my oak tree is dumping acorns like I, I've just never seen. It's an onslaught of acorns, these little seeds. These acorns are going to become oak trees. Everything that is an oak tree, is already in that acorn. Right now, if you go through my neighborhood, we finally petitioned Hillsborough County enough, and in my neighborhood, there are every 20 or 30 yards a chunk of sidewalk that has been torn up because the oak trees had been cranking these sidewalks, cracking these sidewalks, making their way into driveways. The oak tree, this little tiny seed, goes into the ground, and it puts roots so strong and so deep, they lift sidewalks. And now the county's got to come in, and our tax dollars are hard at work. Thank you, tax people. So there's these chunks of sidewalk just missing up and down my street, all from this little tiny seed. Now, right now, um, I don't wear shoes except for usually on Sundays or when I'm, I'm skateboarding. 
So I'm barefoot all the time. And my oak tree has dropped all of these acorns into my grass between my front door and the mailbox. You guys know where I'm going with this, right? When you go to check your mail and it is like an oak minefield and you're out there like, ha, ah, ha, ah, ah. You get the mail and you do the same dance all the way back, not even thinking I should walk around on the sidewalk. They're everywhere. Now those oak seeds that are in my grass, some of them are going to try to grow, but they're in the grass. And when their shoots come up, my mower's going to take them out. Some of those oak tree acorns are in my driveway. There's nothing more satisfying in, in my life as a, as a pastor. There's nothing more rewarding of all that I do than when I use one of those blowy thingies that shoots all the seeds out into the street. I mean, I love seeing people come to Jesus, but those people are going to mess up soon. But when I get that blower out, does anyone love blowing things with their little air puffer? What are they called? What are those things called? Weed blower? Leaf blower. Weed blower. Sounds like we're from California. <laughs> just, you're, just, you're just shooting the leaves, shooting the acorns. And it's weird to me because that, that oak tree... I've stubbed my toe on the sidewalk that it lifted up. That oak tree, other oak trees have cracked driveways. They're powerful oak trees, but only if it's in the right soil. Because all those acorns yesterday, I'm very mad at them because of the male checking foot thing. I blow them into my street for cars to get flat tires from. And I'm just thinking, y'all lose. I defeated you with a leaf blower. Sorry, I've been very tired lately. Those acorns have no future. <laughs> I just love it. All the times they stab me in the foot. I love going on my skateboard. It's, I have one of those electric skateboards. It's got huge wheels. And you would think acorns would scare me. They don't. I can crush these acorns with my skateboard. I crush them with my car. I crush them with shovels. I dig them. I throw them in my garbage can. And I look at the acorns and say, you will amount to nothing in there. And it's true. Some of you have been in the church for a long time. Some of you here are like, I don't even like this church thing. Someone literally drugged me here. Some of you are like, some of you literally drugged you here. Some of you are on a chunk of Dilaudid, I could tell. There's four ways. This is it. It's super easy. Path. Path is hard heart. If you have a hard heart, the Word of God is not going to take root. Hard hearts are are those hearts who say, I'm not letting any of your ideas or thoughts, God, into my heart. It's my way, not your way. A hard heart is oftentimes an intellectual. Like, yeah, I don't want to, I can't believe this. I don't understand that. I don't have all the pieces. I'll tell you what, I've met a lot of smart people in my life. I'm not one of them. And when I meet these people over and over and over again, at the root of it, it's not that, yes, my way has all clean edges and all my system of thinking is perfect. Because because I'm fairly dumb. I barely passed high school. And I'm pretty sure that if you've got some arguments against God, I would love to sit down with you and just talk them through. Because I've been doing this a long time now. And I haven't found good arguments against God. But hard heart is really not about the arguments. It's about I don't want to submit to someone else that's not me. 
So that's why Satan grabs him. It says Satan prowls around, and the Bible says he prowls around like a, a lion waiting to devour. He's looking for an opportunity in your life to snatch the word of God. Uh, a sermon on a Sunday morning, this is an appetizer. It's not a meal, it's an appetizer. Some pastors are like, well, I want to preach a meal. Statistically, it's not going to be the case. Statistically, you'll remember 10% of what I say, if that. So this is an appetizer to get you ready to want to eat more and feast on God more throughout the week. But Satan says, I'm going to snack you up. And some of you, it happens every week. Some of you get a little taste of God's word. And before you get to the parking lot, your heart didn't want to receive it. Your heart said, not for me. This is for someone else. And Satan took the word, no root. Now, the seed is the same, whether it's a hard soil, rocky, thorny, or good. All the power of God, all the secrets of the kingdom are in this seed. And God doesn't give it to you in oak form. He gives it to you in seed form. And if you're hard-hearted, it gets snatched. If you've got rocky heart, the rocky soil is the shallow heart. This is the hard heart. Rocky is the shallow heart. These are the people who spring up with joy. These are the people who they, they come to church once or twice, and they're like, I am all about this. I'm all in. And then one hard time after another comes, and they wither and die because there's no roots. There's no depth. There's no strength. It's very different. In, in my yard, I've got these weeds, and you could pull them up, and literally these weeds can grow pretty tall pretty quickly. And you pull them up, and they've got the shortest little roots, and they just come up with two fingers. Contrasting that with, with this tree in my yard. Now, this tree I didn't want to have, but it's got good roots. This tree was, um, it was diseased, so I chopped it down to a stump. And then I let it sit, which is a big mistake in Florida, because Florida's like Jurassic Park. Nature always finds a way. So it shot up shoots, and I trimmed them. I said, man, i got to kill this. So I, I talked to somebody. Whenever I am in a predicament that's involving something outdoors, I ask myself, WWRD, what would rednecks do? So I, I contacted all my rednecky friends, and they said, you got to drill holes in the tree stump and pour poison in the holes. I thought, that sounds good and rednecky. So I drilled holes all over this thing. This tree stump looked like Swiss cheese. And I put Roundup deep, deep, deep into there. I was like, maybe this will get down to the roots. But the, the Roundup was really just going in the holes in the stump. And for like a couple days, the tree looked sad and sick. And some of the shoots got brown leaves. And then the little stump said, not today. And it started growing again. So then I asked myself again, like, what would rednecks really do? And we all know what they would do. They would have holes, but instead of poison, a true blue redneck is putting gasoline in there. So that's what I did. Now keep in mind, my track record with fire is not very good. When I was in second grade, I lit a canyon on fire. So there's that. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm, I start pouring gasoline and it glug, 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 and I'm filling all the holes, not thinking in my brain that that gasoline is hitting something and then coming outward. So, so I'm standing on grass. I'm soaking this tree stump with gas, and my boy's like, Daddy, we're going to light that on fire. I'm like, yeah, what would rednecks do? And I'm just like, get back. Because I don't, like I said, the last time I did this, I lit a canyon on fire. A fireman had to come. I was, I was eight years old. So I get this lighter because I'm an idiot. And I light it. And I go down. And the gas had, had seeped away because it just went onto the surface. It didn't get to the roots. So in the flash of an eye, this tree stump caught on fire burned off all the foot hair on my right foot to this day, to this day, because this is like literally 10 days ago. <laughs> That's how smart your pastor is. Just burned it. Woo! The kids jump back in joy. I jump back thinking, That's as close to hell as I'm ever getting. 
I had to get to the roots. Now, the little weeds, they, in that whole area, those weeds are dead because they don't have no roots. The weeds died with my foot hair. That tree with those roots, it's still there. It's all black and charred, just looking at me saying, not today, Satan. And I'm like, the roots kept it alive. Some of you, your existence in Christianity is so shallow, you're thinking, I've never experienced the power of God. I don't know what to do when life gets hard. I don't know how to handle this. I got cancer. I got a flat tire. I've got surgery. My body's falling apart. Maybe God isn't real. Maybe you got no roots. Maybe you took the seed and you put it on, and for you, Christianity was something about having your suffering relieved. For you, Christianity is not about, it's not about you entering God's kingdom, but about saying, God, come on, be part of my kingdom. Those are people that have shallow hearts. It's not rooted in who God is. It's rooted in who you are, and God is just a little add-on. God is that thing that you're, you're heading out of Publix, and there's a buy one, get one free, so you think, I always needed extra dove chocolates. And you treat God like this little bonus. It's the shallow heart. The thorns are the divided heart. you got a hard heart. you got a shallow heart. you got a divided heart. Now, the first two are clearly not Christians. And, and, and generally, people think that the third one is probably not a Christian either, a true Christian. These people, the Word of God doesn't even take root. There is no seed. There is no word. There is no roots, nothing. The second one, you go down, it looks like a Christian, talks like a Christian, but it's not a Christian. Third one, you get choked out because you have these other things that are dividing you. Now, you have to understand that you could be any of these three seeds and be a part of a church. It's not hard. You guys have been doing this for so many years. If you just attend a church gathering enough, you don't have to actually be a Christian. You can just look like one. You can, instead of saying all the really bad words, you just say all the substitute ones. This, don't judge me for this. My kid, who's 10 now, by the way, I have a 10-year-old. That's shocking. Um, he plays this game called Fortnite, okay? And he's learning things from people. Well, the creepiest thing is that he's playing Fortnite, and there's, like, all these old dudes playing Fortnite, too. This is, like, 30-year-olds. So I'm like, Jackson, look at what you will become. You do want to be like that when you grow up? Yeah. Well, that plan backfired. <laughs> but he's, he knows he can't cuss because he's a pastor's kid. You don't get to sin a lot as a pastor's kid till you're 16. Then you go off the wagon. <laughs> so he's there playing Fortnite. And I'll just hear him say things like, oh, flip. I'm like, do you mean an actual flip? Well, no, I just mean like that stunk. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, that's an F word, right? No, daddy, it's not. It's not the F word. I know the F word. Daddy, that's not the F word. It's a replacement. It's a Christianized version of the F word. We all do it, Christians. Don't even, this is why you can be a Christian. You can you can be in a Christian circle, but not be a Christian, because you just have to follow a few of our rules. That's it. You substitute the F word for flip, frickadoodle, frickadeasy. You don't say the D word. You say, oh, gold, darn it! I can't believe someone left the front door open over in this beastly cold something something. You just sub them all out. You say some prayers. Someone says, are you a follower of Jesus? You go, oh, yeah, I said the prayer. I said the sinner's prayer. Sinner's prayer is not even in the Bible, just a FYI. I said the sinner's prayer I'm in. I don't curse. I just use all the sub words. And then if you really want to trick people into thinking you're a Christian without having to be a Christian, here's what you do. When they're singing a song up here, 
when they do the part where they say a word that we've already sung once comes on, just go like this. If you really want to be super Christian, do what I do. Surrender. Hands up higher. Don't shake your hips, though. Just hands up, swaying. Now, I'm not dogging you if you do that stuff. I do that stuff. I love Jesus. And I know many of you love Jesus, but I do know that it's so easy to fall into a pattern of Christianity where you actually have no power where you fall into a pattern of Christianity, where you say the right things, do the right things, look the right things, but your heart has been hard, so no, nothing's changing. The seed has not gone into the soil and changed it. The seed is not in your life to where it's going to rip up driveways. Maybe you're shallow, and the seed is just putting these roots out, but as soon as something comes and flicks you, you're gone. Maybe you're divided, and you're getting choked out. Because we have a billion things to divide us. You've got social media, you've got Netflix, you've got everything. You've got money, you've got bills. All these things are trying to steal our attention away from is the root bearing down. And you get choked. You know that feeling of not breathing? You can't think of anything else. And I see so many Christians saying, I don't see the power of God. I don't feel it. I'm not changing. It's probably because you're choking. Or it's because you're shallow. It's because you're hard. My, my daughter, Bella, she's five months old. She's adorable. But she's not too bright. I, uh, I don't like kids until they can crawl. And I like this thing with Bella. <laughs> don't judge me, okay? But I like to plug her nose because she doesn't know how to breathe out of her mouth yet. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm a mouth breather. I want to raise her up in the way that is pure and true. I want her to be a mouth breather like her dad. But she's not. She's cute, like a little pumpkin head. And I grab her little pumpkin nose, and I'll either pinch it shut or put my two fingers in her little cute nostrils. And she can't breathe because she's <laughs> dumb. I mean, she's not dumb. She's just not smart. So she, I plug her nose, and she goes. <laughs> and then after a couple of seconds, she goes. <gasps> and then it's the funniest thing. She closes her mouth and can't breathe again. It's like so bad. <laughs> and she gets used to it. So I'm teaching her to breathe out of her mouth. So I just hold her nose. It's just a <laughs> And then finally, like, I get her going in the rhythm. And she's breathing out of her mouth, just like her dad. <sighs> and every husband in America. And I think, when she can't, when I plug her little nose and she can't breathe for a quarter of a second, she doesn't know what to do. She panics. It's the same way when you have a divided heart, when you're getting choked out. Something comes into your life. Panic. You can only focus on one thing. There's no oxygen getting to your brain. It's just, this is the life we live in. And this is Jesus' sermon. One of these days, I'm just going to start being more like what I think Jesus wants us to be not adding on to Christianity, all this stuff. I said at Band of Brothers yesterday, I said, do you guys want to know something that's really arrogant that we do in churches? I stand up Sunday after Sunday. I read the eternal word of God, the word that got inspired by the Holy Spirit. And then I add on to it for like 30 to 40 minutes. The wisdom of an idiotic 37-year-old. Take the word of God 
Now take the stupidity of a midlife crisis and combine them. Maybe we just need to leave it up to God's spirit like Jesus did. Some of you know you have a hard heart. I can't force the seed down into your heart. Only God can. Some of you know that your, your walk with Jesus is shallow because every time something bad happens, you bounce out of church. You bounce away from fellowship. You don't, I can't press into that. Some of you know your heart is divided. And it's maybe not even your own fault. Like life divides your heart. Concerns of the world. The good soil is where things grow like crazy. That's where we all should want to be. It's in that place that it doesn't just grow kind of. It's not just like a system that works. It's not like, oh, we have this, and you're growing incrementally. It's not you took the Christian 101 class and the 201 class and the 301 class. When you get the seed of God and it takes root, a farmer would have known this in Jesus' day. There were no crops that were 30, 60, 100-fold. That's miraculous. If you don't see miraculous change in your life, if you see no miraculous ability to overcome things that are difficult in your life, it may be because you're one of the other soils. You're the hard, the, the shallow, the divided. If you can hear, hear. If you can't, have a great time at the Golden Corral today. Eat your pizza, worry tomorrow. But I don't want to worry anymore. I don't want to sit in anxiety, and I don't think you do either. I don't want to be stuck in sins, and I don't think you do either. So let's let that seed take root. Father, you are good, and your love endures forever. Lord, I should just read. We should just read your word. God, I'm going to do that this week. I'm going to sit down with some friends and just read a book of the Bible just for hours. Just read it to soak, to sit find total washing by your eternal seed. Lord, make us good soil. Break up the hard hearts. Dig deep and get out the rocks. Weed across our minds and hearts this week so that we can experience what you've promised. Not an anemic version of Christianity that just prevents us from being a jerk, but the power-filled one that sets this world on pace that has never seen, that shows a type of love that is uncommon. Lord, for those who are here that don't know you, give them ears to hear. For those of you here who have parts of their heart that are shallow or divided, Give them ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen.